When the three planets are in eclipse, the black hole like a door is open. Evil comes, spreading terror and chaos. See the snake, Billy. The ultimate evil. Make sure you get the snake. Yes, I've got your snakes. I got all the snakes. So when is this snake act supposed to occur? Huh? Well, uh, if this is the five, and this is the one, Every 5,000 years. I am a meat popsicle. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Sure. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack episode 421, and we are continually mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. He's only here because he remembered to bring his multi pass Dunaway. Multi pass. Multi pass. Oh, hi. Hi. This week on Film Sack. Oh, hold on a second. What's that? I told you I do not want to be disturbed while recording the podcast. Oh, the angry ball from space? He's on the phone, you say? Oh, he's so angry, but so polite. Oh, hi, Mr. Shadow. Oh, no, you're not disturbing me. Like I have said the last time you called, I don't know a Mr. Zorg, and the only stones I have are the ones they took out with my gallbladder. Maybe you need an extra digit in there next time you dial out, like a plus one for area code, but an additional plus one for space. Look, I gotta go. My forehead is leaking some kind of molasses. This ain't normal. I haven't had molasses in years. Get it off! Man, the future is ugly. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. You're right, it is. Uh, also with us, uh, Randy, this movie did not predict Uber and Lyft. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Ryan. Ryan. Randy. Did I ever tell you boys about the time I was the owner operator of the most successful taxi cab company in New York City? Nope. <clears throat> yep. Well, I'm going to tell you about it now. Okay. I, uh, oh, oh, you know what? I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm going to give you my secrets to success so you two can blah, blah, blah. Number one, only hire formals, former special forces slash hero types to drive your cabs. Check. They have a je ne sais quoi that you can only get from a driver who takes risks, desperately needs therapy, and refuses to go to therapy. Number two, install some sort of tracking system that automatically scores their bad driving, but configure it so it makes no sense. Someone else hits you while you're driving safely, you lose 10 points. You sideslapped the police while they were stopped in the McDonald's titty drive through <laughs> lose only one point. <laughs> Number three, call up your drivers and talk to them all personal-like. They ain't getting therapy, so you'll have to do. Ask them how it's going finding a girl, but only do that first thing in the morning on the day they find a girl. You're magic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Yep, that's yep. fantastic. That guy really gets yep. around. This guy, 
this uh I know. this character. I, I think he's uh he's a mo- one of the most uh <laughs> well uh experienced people in all of Hollywood. It's fantastic. <laughs> the jobs this guy has held. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. And finally, Brian <laughs> Ibit. <laughs> Wait, does that mean I'm supposed to shut up? I don't know. No, you got to stay. Cor- Corbin, it's your mother. I don't know why I bother. I don't even know why I gave birth to you, ungrateful monster. How could you go off to Flossed in Paradise and leave your mother behind? It's like the time you went off to that lavish Christmas party in that office tower in Los Angeles to see your estranged wife. Did I get an invite? No, you hateful slob. Remember when you were in that championship boxing match and you hit your opponent so hard you killed him even though the gang boss told you to take a dive? I should have gotten ringside tickets to that, you, you spiteful monster. Sometimes I wish you were dead. Like that time you were dead. And you didn't even know it, but that little kid knew it because he had that power. What was it called? Oh, yeah. Look who's talking to. Forget the fact that I sound like a 25-year-old woman with a strong Jewish accent. By the way, did you know our family name is really Dallastine? <laughs> wow. Oh, you really buried, buried the lead dog. there. That's insane. <laughs> so, you know what? You touched on my least favorite thing in the movie. That's great. I'm yes. glad you brought it up. It'll come up again yes. because of all the things in the movie that I think are the worst things. It's that. The movie it we're talking that. about is The Fifth Element, by the way, everybody. Oh, yeah, that's right. We finally got around to it. You're all sitting there thinking 10 years of film sack, and you're just finally getting The Fifth Element done. Yeah, damn straight we are. Uh, there's yeah. lots of reasons. I remember... It's mostly because the streaming services keep going, you want to watch The Fifth Element? Here's right. two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Then they yoink the it. Time's clicking away, yeah. But not only that, I remember one time... It was maybe available or we were discussing it. And then we kind of were like, I don't know. We all like that movie. Should we? Should we not? And it just feels like it was going to languish in potential, uh, you know, the potential zone forever. Right. And no, it's here. And it doesn't signal the end of Film Sack. Some people have said, oh, that'll be the day they end. That'll be the final thing. Nope. It's not that either. It's just another episode. But uh, it is finally here, The Fifth Element. And uh, if you were wondering if we'd ever get to this Luc Besson-directed film with Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, and Gary Oldman, well, hot damn, he, today's your lucky day because it's we, here it's we here it. i got my multi-pass yeah. and i'm ready to go yeah we did it because uh it's it's funny that those are the three people because now now that we've we've passed the lord of the rings i'm like freaking bilbo baggins is in this movie mm-hmm. yeah, Come on, guys. yeah. Bilbo baggins. yeah bilbo baggins story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get a little right. blade runner in old there with, uh, yeah. old, not young bilbo but old bilbo right right yeah. right right but you got your uh <laughs> you, you know <laughs> ash he's ash too oh he is yeah. ash oh that's right yeah Forgot and, about that. And during in in ninety seven, Chris Tucker was a was a name that that was you know hot and on fire. Right now, uh, this far in the future, mm. eh, how no, you doing? Not, I know, yeah, yeah. not he's, as much. Waiting around for uh, the next Jackie Chan buddy cop film, right? But somebody told me they're working on that. That's a thing that's happening. Oh no, really? Yeah, well, I don't know where <laughs> I heard that. They might it might even be on IMDb by now, but I think there's something in the works where he's going to make a little bit of a comeback. But my understanding is that he uh, had some kind of Hollywood, one of those, one of them Hollywood breakdown types, and went. Ah, I need some time, and he got away, and then became a, like a born again Christian or something, and now he won't do any like uh, any of the dirty humor. I don't, yeah, I don't oh, blame really? him because they were they were chewing him up and spitting him out at one point in time. I mean, Chris oh, Tucker yeah. was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a lot of places, and you know he's really energetic in this as as Ruby Rod, and mm-hmm. also probably one of the most polarizing aspects of this movie. Usually it's like you either fall one one side or the other, whether or not you like this movie. 
And Chris Tucker is right in the middle of that mix of what I, he's the turns crease. you off or turns he's the, you look, on. I don't yeah. ever hear from people who hate the movie, though. Like, I feel like this yeah, is the yeah, most yeah. trope-laden, schlocky movie that everyone loves. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. like, All of our like, people. Anything. Chris Tucker, for instance, he plays this trope of this thing that appears in the middle and then somehow survives through and ends up in the in the climax in the final scene. Yeah. And it's like, what's he doing there? It's that's the trope. You find a guy, you find a rando along the way. And even though everybody else has to perform heroics, he somehow survives. And it's fun and funny. And I'm glad yeah. he's there at the end. I know? was yeah. I was right. I was so worried because my fiance, who likes a lot of fantasy stuff, but she's not a big sci fi fan. And I was worried. I've been I've been putting this off for a while. I wanted her to watch the fifth element so I could get her take on it. And I was like, oh, she's just gonna hate it. She's yeah. just gonna absolutely just it's gonna Chris Tucker is gonna drive her crazy. She loved mm -hmm. it. Yeah. She loved this movie. And I, was, never, I was shocked. Yeah. Never seen it. It is it. a never film that um for the most part, with the exception of you know, the the uh supernatural aspect of the stones, you could just do this in current day New York and then they move to like Club Med or or you know, mm -hmm. some yeah, yeah. The, the terrorists are taking over Club Med and he has to <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd like to see that right. too. You're right. That is basically the template. But what I think sticks out for me, why it works for me, is this Mobius-like art style yeah. that well, is not, everywhere. Not just Mobius-like. It is Mobius. Well, literally Mobius, yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't yeah. say like. But <laughs> but Luc Besson, a French director who you know tapped all that sort of stuff. Also, the trivia talks a bunch about how he, you know, this has been a story he's had in his head since he was a kid. And he finally right. got to, to make it in his 30s. And, and um it, there's some there's an adherence to the to the texture of the of the world that I really like a lot and and it's some of it's ridiculous like the robot suit people creatures that come to save everybody all the time and that walk past uh, the Mondo Shawns yeah Mondo the one that walked past Luke Perry in, in the beginning there right they're just the giant the most, metal turtle people yeah they're the most unmobile hum, uh, creatures in the history of yeah, ever right. like. Yeah. How, course, are, how are these the protectors of life across the universe? <laughs> right, they can't do shit. <laughs> and how they, do they? And how do they continue to exist? Yeah. Like they're like they're like I will give my life so that these doors can close right this minute and not a minute later. Okay, but then like that's one less of you. And who's constructing more? Right. Where are the, where are no, the rest I, of your I people? Because they have they have plus five hundred to their uh, armor. That's why. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that is the truth. And that was one of the things that used to confuse me about this movie because I remember. Uh, I remember them, uh, you know, reconstructing Lilu, and I was like, "So that's what's in those costumes, Lilu's, Miljonovic's." I'm like, "Yeah, they just I, need I to be protected. Never... They got to have all this protection plus a little weird-looking bird robot head at the top." Like, I know oh, what's right. that word? How does Miljonovic's neck and head fit into that little? Uh... <laughs> right. And think, so then, I, I then I did does. some I think reading. She's separate. Yeah, yeah. She, she is. is okay. She's, she is the they at they have her at the beginning in the in the. In the uh, sarcophagus she's in there right. and so oh, she's right, not actually right. she's not actually one of them but that was one of those misunderstandings that was on my part i'm oh, like oh right yeah no, no no you're right in fact now that you're saying it it's uh, you're reinforcing something i noticed in my this latest viewing as well and, and then i had forgotten already that that's she's not one of the ones walking like she's not right. one of the ones she was, she was she was she was created right by these architects right 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 and and i just want to say like i really would prefer that we don't pick apart every little scene in the film because you can uh yeah. you actually can like it is a very carefree movie 
and and I don't necessarily mean the visual style or the music. Those are just top notch and very very good. Mm-hmm. But the plot, the writing, the acting, the directing, it's very carefree. You need to check your brain at the door for this. Oh movie. my, yes. You yes, do, yeah. but you don't need to check your eyes and that's what that's why it works <laughs> for me and still works because it's it's a it the design choices are crazy. Like okay, I'll give you another example, the cops are mm-hmm. these uh they've decided to make these kind of slob sweaty cop guys in slob kind of sort of judge dread looking helmets and they've got these huge lights on their chest like one mm-hmm. big off-centered light uh just kind of sitting over there and it's indicative of the whole movie the whole movie's got design choices that are out of this world and unique and i never Literally. seen anything like them up to the point that i saw this movie in the first place and kind of haven't since, and so yeah. it sticks with me in a way that that other movies just haven't. Even the the ridiculous Gary Oldman over the top villain of Zorg, um, you know, the name alone is stupid, but yeah. like yeah. that that plastic <laughs> thing over his head and the weird, you know, uh, flurry, crappy, weird clothes he wears, it is, like it is, it right. is, uh, Hitler, uh, Hitler little goatee Hitler. thing. What do you call yeah. that? What's oh, not, is that that a, his uh, soul patch? Soul patch. Soul patch. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, soul Hitler soul patch. Yeah. It's uh, it's an amazing film as far as uh, visual style and and cut editing style, cut style, and it also is it's such a great example of the way that when you create a movie, if you want to do world building, you create these things that you just don't have to explain, and you you know you you leave it to the audience to to try and right. figure that stuff out what are the or, three or for what are they for <laughs> yeah or you right. go or you go like yeah. Brian, you're totally right, but the 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 differences or the thing that pushes it to the to the you know it makes it great is that they go all in on that stuff. So it's not, yeah, they don't right. have to explain it, but the temptation must be there because you're spending so much money totally. and effort to to make it look so amazing that you really well, want to explain it, but it takes, it, a, well, it takes on, a, you know, it's a deft hand to not over-explain it. Let the, let the audience sure. suck it up and get it. Besson you know? absolutely gives into that temptation. Over and over and over, people narrate things that they don't need to. Mm. And mm. It's, it's because you can feel that he isn't quite sure that you're going to get it you know uh mia jovovich dives off the side of a building and a cop says she just dove off you didn't need to have that line but the director <laughs> or the you know the right of the producers people making this movie are like eh. you know like let's make sure that no one thinks that she's like i don't know in a diving competition or something i don't know what right. they're worried about <laughs> right but it's they don't but they didn't they have to it. they didn't have to over explain the way the police system in that city works they didn't have to explain Things like like this is some of the stuff I love is like those apartments are shit and everyone lives in basically a bucket and that voice over the thing going, uh, the problem has been resolved. Please return to your homes and have a great day. There's something about those contrasts and they not having to explain it like they just explained everything I need to know about that world. The fact that they know that criminals are going to be living those apartments to the point where they paint yellow circles on the walls because they know they're going to constantly be going there. Yeah, there's yellow circles in very weird places like at the teller window of the 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 ticket. Yeah, Yeah, right. Well, that that's that's part of this. There's a there's always a hint of authoritarianism. Like you're always always Uh, reminded just barely that a dude. Well, I mean, like even to the point that if you're if you're pissed at the ticket lady, a bunch of auto guns are going to point at you and a voice is going to say, you know, you have five seconds to comply or whatever. 
And, so you're all, is, and you're all serenity now, serenity now. Right. And right. I love isn't, that. Isn't, I love that contrast. Wasn't a lot of this influenced uh, artistically because of uh, Mobius and mm -hmm. uh, Jean-Claude? Oh, yeah. The the artist who designed yeah. a lot of this stuff influenced uh, Luke Benson as as he grew up through comics and this, these <laughs> themes. Mm -hmm. Luke Benson, sure. We love, Benson, we love yeah, Luke I said Benson, Benson at first. I was like Benson, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's not Benson, it's Benson. Benson. Luke Benson. I love that, by the way. That's yeah. one of my favorite things is to just take uh take funny names and make them like this common Midwestern America, you know, like mm -hmm. the the Queen of Westeros is a uh, Shirley Lannister, that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, according to everything I can read, I mean Mobius worked with him on the film, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right? Right, exactly. There were um, so there was a lawsuit because um, uh, Mobius and another artist who did comic books and stuff that were that you know Luke Besson kind of based a lot of these design choices on. Um, they felt like he did it without permission, but he argued, "Well, I hired you before you filed the lawsuit, so you technically are working for me and creating these things. I just happened to, you know." get the influence right, of your right. your things when i was coming up with the idea for the movie something along those lines i'm, I'm very much paraphrasing it but, right right um i mean it's impossible not to if you look at any of mobius's work yeah don't care how old like the influence is clearly here like across yeah, especially the board in the the aliens you know the um uh the 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 zorgs uh henchmen aliens right the what were they called the mm -hmm. vorgons or the borgons whatever uh, they were but there's a, like there's even a sketch I'm looking at right now. Just a quick cursory search on Google Images will yield a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff, and one of them is the cop design with a giant light on him and the gun holstered on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And like he there's so not, there's not really to, something about that guy's art that is not striking. To, not to jump too far ahead, but did, did you guys see Valerian? I did, yes. and man, yeah, listen. Here's the thing. <laughs> Luke Besson <laughs> comes into the world and he makes he made some other he made that Nikita whatever it was assassin movie before yeah, this yeah. uh is the professional his yes yeah. that's really his like oh right to our radar okay the professional's mm -hmm. awesome so I take this all back I was gonna say I was gonna say well maybe this is still true but I think he kind of peaked with Fifth Element because everything that came after that and you know I enjoy the professor the um what's the Leon no the one not that one because leon's the professional the one with the Lucy? no what's what's <laughs> the one with the um ah shit the the jason statham movie the oh the transporter the transporter thank you i enjoy yeah. that oh, for he what he, the first oh, one he did it. i thought he did the first one didn't he mm. oh maybe not mm -hmm. okay sure okay well if that's mm -hmm. the case uh, never mind but everything he's directed since then has been uh, me being super excited and losing my mind yeah, and then seeing it and yeah. going, Oh, this isn't the same. Like you just, you're not capturing and it's it. It's funny again. because especially, you know, with the, with the, uh, Valerian and city of a thousand planets, that was supposed to be basically, you know, you see that and think, Oh my God, he's making another fifth element. It's not in the same world or anything, but it looks like it's going to be all of those things that we loved in the fifth element, yeah. uh, with a new bunch of characters and, and style. And and answer, stuff. Yeah. And answer the question, what, what would the fifth element look like? today and it would look good right but it would yes. it would lose this it would lose uh the thing that i think works for this movie and i don't know how intentional it was i know it was partially intentional mm. but the the future is ugly they cast a bunch of actors especially in the secondary area that make you feel uncomfortable 
to uh, well, when and, and they were in, and they in were cast or in this in, uh, in this in the fifth in, in everything totally. he does like in yeah. yeah in the messenger and so on they he puts people in or he and whoever he's working with to cast puts people in places because they look and sound interesting right. like uh zeus like tiny lister as the president of, of the world mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that that is not yeah. that is not at all a strong acting casting like right it's not no. even for the acting right, right. but <laughs> yeah. it's but it's a it's a striking choice. Like it's a it very really yeah. interesting <laughs> choice, and I love that about almost all the of the movie, with the exception of that stupid mom who keeps keeps calling. It's yeah. the most useless, dumb yeah. side yeah. thing. Yeah, it, it exactly. Somebody, somebody in uh, Twitter uh, when we said we were watching, or when you said we were watching the Fifth Element, they said, "Oh yeah, Ruby Rod is the Jar Jar of this movie." I'd actually <laughs> argue that yeah. uh, Corbin's mom is the Jar Jar. I, of this I movie. agree. <laughs> and, uh, and listen, people are going to go, "Hey Scott, wasn't it you in previous film sacks that have always thrown a bunch of smack in the direction of Ruby Rod?" Yes, I have. I mm -hmm. he's always been a thing of it where I felt like it was a little too much, a little over the top, a little a little too distracting in the latter half of that movie. But I have to say, after right. this most recent watching, I kind of can't imagine it without him. Like, See, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. I was I was thinking the same thing. Almost almost to the letter. I I was not a fan of Ruby Rod, and for whatever reason, this watching this viewing uh, turned me over or, or uh, won me over. Yeah, yeah. Isn't the, that weird? Um, I did the same thing. It I don't is get weird. That. And I'm thinking that it's it's the fact that we're seeing the genesis of Ruby Rod now with quote unquote YouTube sensations like yeah logan paul and that dude with the the dumb hair i guess that's a lot of them but, <laughs> that that's awesome. <laughs> but, I, but basically you know for all of the things that that uh luke Besson predicts in the future yeah, i think yeah. this is like Nailed this is, you can see the path from yeah, <laughs> yeah this was 1997 the... wow i mean right and the, and the jar jar is without a doubt brian james as lieutenant dumbass he oh keeps, no he's great he, Oh, him. he's all over this movie for no reason. It makes no sense oh, that he keeps love living, him, that he keeps surviving. Yeah. He yeah, shouldn't have yeah. survived one punch through the unbreakable glass yeah. from Mia Jovovich, much less <laughs> more of the movie. Well, all right. right? He should have. I mean, he looked dead in the freezer, so I don't know what changed I there. Thought he, I, yeah, because yeah, I was I thinking, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, wait, he dies? I thought he showed up later on in the film, and then, of course... He does, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. By the so, way, out the freezer. Yeah. So, by the way, kicking the freezer's got to be the the really uh, huge woman the, has got to be the yeah, chick in the freezer. The, the, yeah. the, yeah. freezer. the Leia buns on her head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's her name's got to be Helga. I don't know what her actual it name is, but I don't either. Oh, yeah. But she a cast cast because she looks funny. All right. Not, <laughs> right. No other purpose there. Right, but she did yeah. make a. I like what I liked about her, and this is a dumb thing. But for some reason, I like it, and normally I would hate it. But when she comes up, like kind of very German style and bows, she makes a sound like a wind sound when she yeah. when she bows. Oh, really? that, was yeah. that was definitely post though. Did right? you capture it? Oh, it was totally in post. No, I didn't capture it. Yeah. But she just goes, she like makes that little like right. like it's <laughs> like a stick in the air, and you're just like, what? That right. doesn't make sound uh, like that. But I awesome. still like it. But yeah, no, well, he's and, great. That guy's great. We cannot yeah. complain about that guy. He. He's he. I mean, yeah. I agree that he's seems to be surviving the unsurvivable constantly, but he cracks me up. <laughs> like every time yeah. that guy, like when he, he laughed at the be, end, he's like, <laughs> like how does he get to be him? advisor to the president? Have and you seen so, the president? Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing I like about this movie then and now is it's also it's a future that's uncomfortable. 
Like it's yeah, it's like, uh, what are we? Yeah. What's what is this government? I mean, they seem like they want to do good for the planet, but I don't know this. This is all really weird. I mean, it feels like the president's yeah. a little uh, a little too streetwise. Plus, you got these horrible people that help, and then the doctor's a freaking psycho. And why is he hanging around everybody all the time with his right. weird shaved head and his implants? And he's you know checking the tube to see who's naked and <laughs> what's, what's remarkable about the film is that you even know this stuff because most movies would have focused on the main thread and this right. is a movie that takes the time to show you the guy who captains the ship that's about to get destroyed and the guy at the con on the ship and so on when yeah. any other movie would have just had the ship mm -hmm. get yeah, destroyed yeah. yep you know by yep. the way the captain well, is uh, baron munchausen john oh. neville oh what what? He's the captain of uh, oh, the captain of, uh, oh right, the, right, right. right. I never noticed that. He's the one that dies right. early, though, right? He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's mm -hmm. great. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's. He I, I knew immediately he was familiar, but then I, I, I got off the track of trying to figure out who right. he was and just was enjoying his moment. But, right. but yeah, like so, uh, so, in the in the future, it doesn't does not take much for me as a person that when you shave someone's head weird on the sides. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. I mean, <laughs> an it, off, an off, like a asymmetrical buzz, buzz cut yeah, like that. Not even asymmetrical, but like the like you was talking about the the doctor who was uh, you know who put uh, Lilu together. You know, he's got the where his little mind band is touching. He like trims all of his hair just right there on the sides around like this <laughs> halo thing. And for some reason, that just makes me feel real uncomfortable. You know what? It, it felt yeah. to me like a lot of people's look has been determined by machines mm. like mm. they have yeah. imprecise or maybe right. too precise machines at home sure. they like shave them or dress them or whatever well it's the equivalent of the the makeup machine the the thing that yeah. uh lilu uses you yeah know, it's like all, basically it's a you know fashion by machine kind of thing yeah which yeah. is just it's kinda... again more world building that it's like you know you you it takes talking about it afterwards to to uncover some of that stuff. Yeah, and I, I just, love I, that. That's that's you know what? That's it. You've just this, this is it. Like this is what I love. This is what I love about everyone wants to know why I'm so insane about Mad Max Fury Road. It's that. It's the world building. It's the it's the it's the stuff I see and go. They didn't explain that at all. I want to know more about Clubfoot freaking Bullet Farm guy. Like yeah, right, and right. and the thing, and and that's a good comparison. Fury Road with this movie because like in this movie, right after the dark planet appears of course the the good guys come back with the stones and they get ambushed by some mangalores out in space and uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies and plot holes there don't question it the why, why there's a safety net out in space and the bad guys come right through it don't question yeah it. no i right but, why but, but, would but, in space why would it be like that but mm. you don't have to show much to depict that right there's mm -hmm. a big ship some little ships they blow it up but this movie goes to the effort of showing you the people inside and mm -hmm. showing them doing things. And so does Fury Road. Fury Road could have some some trucks come along and just blow up. Mm -hmm. But no, it shows you the person driving the truck and gives them a chance to act and have facial expressions. Mm -hmm. And that just adds to the the beauty of the film. Yeah, it's and texturing. And connection to it. Yeah, it's texturing yeah. to the world that, that I think in 97 was a big deal. This also has some nostalgic sort of, I don't know, heartstring stuff attached to it. it's the first movie i saw after carter was born my middle daughter mm. uh she was born that year and this came out right after that and for some reason i've associated those two things together and then 
it's the very first DVD I ever purchased, and I paid forty forty two well, bucks or something. Get, you didn't get the laser disc? No, I never had laser disc. This, this was too late for LD anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no actually, not, I no, take it was I, it was released on laser disc. Yeah. It was released I've on laser disc. I think I've owned the Fifth Element on almost yeah. every platform, including yeah. uh, PSP UMD. I actually had <laughs> right. it. I think it Are, came with my they, PSP. It was, like, it was like the first thing that came out on every platform. Yeah, yeah exactly. platform, It's like throw that on there. Yeah, it was. I would still have my PSP, but I'm pretty sure I still have the UMD yeah. of the Fifth well, Element. Well, it's, it's because it's such a you know it's such a visual fest that whatever your new format is, you can really showcase it with this rad. Well, and movie. also, yeah. it it wasn't doing too well in in uh, home video until Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray version is just stunning by comparison. It's so right. much better than previous versions, and I think a lot of people out there who maybe are kind of soft on this film, maybe they saw it on DVD and they mm -hmm. don't know mm -hmm. how how well it was mastered later. Yeah, well, yeah, or even just saw it, you know, like on a on a tablet or a smartphone or something like that. If you have not seen this thing like on the biggest screen that you have available to you, then you right. haven't seen the film yet. And that's how I watched it. I watched it on my, uh, I, I definitely went to the bedroom for this one. That's right. That's where I keep my projector. Hello. It, it's a hundred, <laughs> it's a hundred inch screen. And that's the only way to watch the fifth element. I was going to watch it on my, you know, my TV in the living room, but it's much smaller. And I was like, nah, yeah. I need big, need I need to this. see, I need to see the mugger doing his squirm dance. Which is like one of my favorite oh, parts I love, of, the, yeah. of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So so unexplained. Like, right. you know, uh, Corbin gets his gun, says, "Oh, here, I'll hold on to this for you." And then the guy just goes into this like, do, 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 "Give me the cash! Give me the cash! Give me the cash!" Yeah, that guy's love great. That, guy. that guy's great. And later on, out on whatever he's strung out on. Yeah, and then whatever you know, <laughs> nothing better than the cops coming and you just giving them the bird through the window and. <laughs> He's amazing, yeah. There, and I'd forgotten about his head, his hat thing uh, that made yeah, it look like the hallway. Yeah, you look out through your right. little peephole, and all you see is the hall. <laughs> that would not work. No, it wouldn't. Like, it really like wouldn't. Your it really well, wouldn't work. There. But I appreciate his ingenuity as as such a whatever crackhead thing he is. But he, and they and they draw great. you in with this really simple dialogue of uh of of Bruce Willis asking him how long he's been standing there because right. you start imagining all the backstory of this character, and it's like, what was he doing? Yeah. yeah. Plus that whole all of that it. stuff in the city was just a taste of Blade Runner, like just a little bit of oh, that yeah. whole yeah. thing without, well, you know, it's its own look and everything, but I love the idea of a, you know, a Chinese restaurant that floats yeah. coming up to I your window. I love Asian and, food in the future because it's always delivered with such uh such uniqueness. Yep. Yeah, such artistry and flair to the delivery. Like like right. it's not you know, like, tr trust me, get Postmates now. We're living in the future, and it's a plastic bag and some guy wearing uh, cargo shorts. Like, it's not it's not going to have that artistry. Uh, I just want to, and I apologize, I'm going to keep saying this throughout this episode. This movie, we're not talking about this movie, if not for the genius of the music. The music, mm -hmm. yeah. in every little bit, the music playing while Corbin Dallas is beginning his day in his first scene, mm -hmm. and he gets mugged through the door and so on, is so perfect and it sets a scene like nothing else and it never goes away there's always this music bumping in the background and you you don't you don't see him like turn on a radio or something it's just this universe and it just it, it's mind-blowing it's really me. good they also have some, it's also yeah. very different there's parts of it that are kind of latin inspired and um kind of cuban almost some of the music and then there's other parts that are you know, futury and whatever the like thing that the lady 90s. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time had that. 
And then yeah. when she's when she's doing her weird <laughs> sing thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the fact that the script the fact that the script has the stones inside the body of a singer yeah. lets you know how much Luc Besson cares about music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that it, he forced it, he forced a musical sequence. I mean, more than one, but like that in particular, it's important. And like when I th- when you, when you look back on it, like it's one of those things that like this song that she sings, uh, the diva, it transcends the film easily. Mm-hmm. Like it, there are lots of people out there who know that song and have never seen this movie. Oh yeah, and, and the score for the whole film also transcends the film as far as I'm concerned. I've listened to this score a hundred times. Man, you know who just, else is really good though? Like I, I don't want to miss this. I mean, we'll probably bring it up at some point. Um. And all we, you know, all we really get from her now is like Resident Evil movies. But Mila Jovovich is really oh, yeah. good in this. Like, mm-hmm. legit embodies this character, jerks jerks your emotions around. Like, so good. Get you, you know, get you in the in the headspace you're supposed to be in when she's hurt up in the rafters. It's mm-hmm. you're legit. Like, oh my gosh, somebody get up there and get her out of there. Like, it's really good because she's both strong and vulnerable. She's optimistic because she's going to save the world but at the same time she's like is this world even worth saving and like there's just there's so much uh more depth there than probably is deserved she's fantastic in it her initial uh introduction to the film when she wakes up i mean when she flips out and just starts flipping all around in that yeah i was like holy crap and when she was arcing arching her back and then she started flapping around and hitting stuff i was like Wow, that looks painful. Yeah. She really went all in yeah. with this. Yeah, no holding back, yeah. man. She's, yeah, and yeah. they keep saying perfect. She's perfect. Whoa, they made her perfect. Yeah, have you looked at her hair? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, everybody, I hate her. I do hate her hair. It's weird. I, I, th- I always think it's much oranger than it is, but the roots are so blonde. There's uh, some interesting trivia about that. That uh, um, for the, when they started filming. They kept having to re-dye her hair orange because it would grow out a little bit. You'd see the roots, and and they'd have to keep drying it. And it was getting so damaged that finally they just said, "Ah, let's just do a wig." And so for like the last, <laughs> the last third of filming, and I don't know what sequence they shot the the, the scenes in, but the last third of filming, uh, she's wearing a wig instead of having actual yeah. dyed. Well, you, hair. and you can yeah. see the roots problem in the city when she's up on the building because the wind's blowing her hair and you could see oh, these right. like yeah. white or bleach looking roots and then it would be orange and whatever but i you know kind of added to the the texture of yeah. just this ratty what's, whatever thing what's interesting is did you guys listen to uh mila's probably her biggest album back in the yeah. day the uh, divine comedy is that I, I actually own a copy of it and the, i do too the I who fell before the horses uh such a great song. And I it's, didn't it's know this was even a thing. I didn't know she made oh, yeah. it. So good. So good. It is it's very orchestral and mm-hmm. but pop. It, this was on alternative radio for a while. And it's very uh I don't know. It's surprising because you don't think it's her voice. Mm. It doesn't sound like you think she would sound. Interesting. Right. And it is it's haunting. All the songs are real haunting. And it's 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 odd because uh the, actually the director here, Luke Beeson, a uh, Beeson. Is uh they he, they got they got married right? Didn't they hook up? Yeah, they like, were. They did. Yeah, he was with um the woman who the played diva. the diva, right? right? And then he left her for. <laughs> well, I don't know. If he, I don't know what the distance is between the two relationships, but. Right. <laughs> so is he's not with her now, well, actually, or are they, they still said, together now? Are they? Still yeah, they, they, yeah, they're not. They're not together now. But the the diva, uh, she she was actually they were together in a couple that hadn't been for years, 
And then during the filming of this, according to the trivia, uh, that's when he got with Mila. Odd stuff, odd stuff. He, uh, he's been accused of being, Luke Bisson has been accused of, uh, of being questionable mm. with his young ladies in his movies and stuff mm. because oh, the yeah. his first wife was like 15 or 16 when they got married, oh, which was geez, legal, really? which was legal in France. By the way, mm. age of consent is 15. Mm. But yeah. in the U.S., we go, oh, no, no, no. Oh, you French people are a little too loud. Mm. Yeah, Slow a little down, too young. She is a minor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't know about any of that. That bums me out a little bit. <clears throat> but at the yeah, same time, yeah. like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I follow her on Instagram, and uh, she's mm. she's it's all about motherhood at the moment and her daughters and mm. stuff. And uh, she seems all real put together. And I mean, whatever. It's Instagram. It's cool. Nobody, everybody seems put together on Instagram. But but uh, well, I've always loved her as an as, as an actor. She's great, uh, and she's. I guess act, what I'm saying is star? is it's easy great. to look at this and go, or easy to look at her career and go. Pfft, you're just there to be pretty and to, you know, I guess sort of, you know, move the action forward or whatever. But mm -hmm. she's there's more to it in Fifth Element. She's really good in here and so sympathetic yeah. and so like, I don't know. It, it's it's an un, it's one of the most unusual roles. And I feel like there's hardly anybody else who could do it. Like, I can't picture if, anyone uh, else doing it. No, and if we wouldn't have gotten Scarlett Johansson as uh, the Black Widow in the MCU, Mila Jovovich would have been a perfect choice. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she would have been really good, um, and could still be if they decide to. You know, I don't know what they're you doing know, with that I, series. I, I, I like universe, the uh, uh, alternate universe. Oh, uh, right. Black Widow right. comes <laughs> multiverse. <laughs> right. No, I liked all. I I liked her in the Resident Evil series. She makes a yeah. great action star. Yeah, um, yeah, she's good. Those movies are shit, but she's good in them. Oh well, actually, I think is I think we we've analyzed this before. I think it's like every other film is really really bad, but then uh, I think it's either even or odds. The other ones are kind of you know at least tolerable, well, enjoyable. My, my problem is they've never adhered to the source material very well. Oh at all. no, they didn't adhere to the video game storyline. Well, doesn't I don't need the storyline. Just the world is not the right one. Like they don't right. they don't do the same. Mm -hmm. It's I don't know, it's hard to explain. We should watch one of those. We should figure out which yeah, one is supposed to be should, the yeah. best one, probably. Because I don't want to see the worst one. Have never done any? I thought we did. Oh, we did one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Do I one. thought we had. Yeah, okay. We yeah. did the first one. You're right. You're totally crazy. right. Yeah, because remember the, the laser room where everyone got cut yes. into cubes? Yes. Diced. <laughs> sliced was, and diced. Yeah, they were diced in there. That was really gross. <laughs> I need these people cubed. Oh, Thank speaking you. of uh, things that gross me out, do you guys have any prediction here? Because oh, yeah. it's an easy oh, one for me. Movie. One thing. No, there's a lot. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in the movie, but there's one scene in particular. I'll give you a hint. It's way late in the movie that I think is freaking gross, and I hated it. Uh, it's not uh, the the goo dripping out of uh, <laughs> out of uh, Gary Oldman's head, and that he kind of wipes a little bit into his mouth. Nope, that was fine. <laughs> Don't care about that. I assume that was supposed to be blood. It didn't look like blood. No, uh, no there was an like interview with uh, Luke Besson. It's supposed to be concentrated evil. Oh, basically, wow. um, it's concentrated yeah, evil. It's concentrated. It's evil. Mom, don't touch it. It, did, yeah. it didn't look evil. Oh, I thought it he's just. I thought he's just bleeding. Okay. No, huh? All right. Nope. I've seen this movie like a thousand times. I never 
Never thought. I thought so too, and then I was reading some. Okay, so let's go. Let's get the guess out of the way where it's reaching into the diva. That that doesn't. Nah, that didn't bother me. It's all special effects. Blue blood. Who cares? No big deal. Blue blood. Yeah. No one cares about. It's like it's like when they do anything with um, Vulcans on Star Trek. It's just never any big deal, or even Klingons. I think anytime. I think I think it had to be something with. Chris Tucker's breath after he keeps going down that one girl. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's not that. He keeps keeps getting right in her face. Right in her face. I didn't think of that at all, but sure. He was all whispering, uh, like, right at her. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. He was. uh, By the way, can you imagine what that airport must have smelled like? (laughs) That airport. Seriously, like, I know the whole joke is that airports are awful. So 300 years in the future, they're even 300 times more awful. But right. that airport was probably unbearable if it was a real thing. Oh, well, I, the, think, the, I think worse than the airport smell is the smell of uh, the inside of that uh, transport to Floston Paradise when all those sealed Tupperware bins that everybody's been sleeping <laughs> yeah. in open up all at the same time. Yeah, like, oh, and I yeah, they've been. I sleep. <laughs> they've been farting. They all got morning breath. Their own little, yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody, you know, when you're knocked out like that, you just shit yourself. I don't know what Wait, you're doing right. there. No, no but <laughs> right. you would die if there wasn't ventilation for you. So your farts probably got evacuated. Yeah, oh, you're, it's all right. and it's supposed to be a luxury thing. So one would assume it was okay in there, but I don't. Right. Know. Well, Enjoy our luxury. Luxury, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. You're well, not gonna, you're not gonna smell your farts or anything. We have unless fart you're the, extractors. Unless you're the poor flight attendant that Ruby Rod has taken an interest in for the entire yeah, entirety of yeah. the flight. Yeah, that whole thing. And by the way, in my notes, I had to write this. Uh, Ruby Rod exists because the French feel like they have to put clowns in everything. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. I think that's a hundred percent correct. By the way, I think you're totally right about that. All right, so I'll tell you the thing then, since nobody guessed. It's when Bilbo wipes his face down and then wrings his rag out to get water for the stone. I don't need to see that, dude. How how inefficient is that? Wouldn't it be just easier just to wipe your forehead? Just spit on the stone. And that would have been also gross. Everything about the gross, but it's way more obvious. Well, he doesn't have a bottle of Aquafina like a Game of Thrones (laughs) character that he can pour on there. I mean, I agree, but. I kind of wish he did because, man. I just think it, the efficiency of, of absorbing your sweat into a rag and then squeezing it out seems very inefficient. It seems like you would just be just better. Just spit on the stone. Just, just rub your sweaty head on the top of the stone. Do it like a cat. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, or, do, or this, just pee on named, it. Just if we named our it. episode after quotes in this episode, I would insist that this episode be called Just Spit on the Stone. Yeah, here you go. How in the world? And, it, and it's one of those decisions that Besson makes because it's interesting and it looks different and you're not expecting it yeah. and there's a billion yeah. of them in this thing mm-hmm. and it's kind of like when you put them all together it's kind of cool yeah. you know like like ruby rod's hair you know like you're like if you take that out you're gonna go oh what a dumb silly movie but like put them all together they actually make sense in this universe yeah i mean he kind of <laughs> ruby rod's performance kind of ruined me on anything he would ever be in again and i don't mean in a bad way necessarily but i would watch like what was the Tarantino movie where he was killed in a trunk? Um, oh, was that him? Yeah, that's um, uh, Jackie Brown. And there's oh, this scene right. where Samuel L. Jackson, I think it was Sam Jackson, takes takes him out to some junkyard, opens up the trunk, and he goes, hey, and then he just yeah. shoots him. Yeah. 
and he's right. dead. <laughs> and he does that same he does that same affectation that he's famous for. And that's all I hear. I mean, it's all I can think of is oh, it's Ruby Rod getting shot in the head in the trunk, or that's Ruby Rod and and um Jackie Chan, you know, chasing after bad guys. Right, like it's right. just hard can for me. Can you understand the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny when he disappeared. Uh, Kevin Cart, Kevin Hart, kind of swooped in and and filled yeah. the void. Yeah, you know, filled yeah. the vacuum F- filled, left a, by. filled the void from one foot lower, closer to the earth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> filled the void. He's I guess. A very short man. <laughs> I didn't used to know that, by the way, how short he was until he started showing up in all these movies. When I'd see pictures right. of him on stage, I was just like, oh, I don't have nothing to compare him to. So he looks like a normal dude standing up there. That guy, short man. Nothing wrong with it. Just. Just short as hell. Little tiny, tiny comedian. <laughs> tiny comedian. Yeah. Anyway, that was the gross it's, thing that grossed me out. It's interesting how when you actually see like actors and celebrities in person, how they're different than you expect. Like uh went to a stage show last week that starred the stars of The Good Place. And mm. uh so they're all coming out on stage and doing comedy and improv and uh, it was everyone except uh, Ted Danson and Jamila Jamil. Those were the two that were missing. Everyone else was there. Mm. And uh, it was ho- hosted by Mark Evan Jackson, right? The uh, Captain Holt's husband on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Mm-mm. Ted Danson's sort of foil on The Good Place. Oh, right. And that guy is way taller than I was expecting him to be. Yeah. I don't know why. I just thought, oh, he's an actor. He's not going to be that tall. No, Mark Evan Jackson, quite tall. And so is uh, Janet from The Good Place, uh, Darcy Carden. Darcy Carden's great. Mm. She's she as tall as Mark Jevin Jackson. Mm. And like yeah, that. she she's in uh, uh, Barry. She's one of the um, the uh, film students or the acting students in the class. And it's funny you see her like next to a bunch of other uh, uh, actors, and she towers over him. She's mm-hmm. she's a lot taller. She's than very she tall. I forgot she was in Barry. She's great on Barry too. She is great. Yeah. Actually, but then other yeah. people other people come out, and not just Kristen Bell. Obviously, Kristen Bell is very short. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah. But other people come out, and you're like, whoa, Manny Jacinto, who plays uh, Jason Mendoza, he's kind of short. Like that's a short guy, William Harper, who plays Cheedy, mm-hmm. very short. Mm-hmm. And I just oh like, really yeah, and it's just wow. like I, I I don't know. It's like seeing them in person, you like it warps your brain. Mm-hmm. Like they must. Uh, I mean, because they put him next to uh, Cheedy next to uh, Kristen Bell so much, you think he's so much taller than than she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like when you see if, if people that see Tom Cruise for the first time, he's a little tiny guy. He's a little yeah. shorty yeah. guy. He's not. It's not the big tough, uh, you know, dude you see on he screen. Ain't so tough. Yeah. He's a little <laughs> by tiny the way, <laughs> if you ever get to see Jason Mansukas do improv, do it. Jason oh, yeah. Mansukas is the king of improv comedy. Whoa. And uh, he kept he kept teaming up on stage with this guy named Eugene Cordero, who plays Pillboy in The Good Place, and mm. they were unbelievable. Like. Man, I I go in not wanting to like improv comedy. <laughs> Those guys were amazing. I really? haven't seen him do stand up, but I have seen him push Keanu Reeves around in a shopping cart. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a good scene when that happens. Uh, hey, uh, like that guy on, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Speaking of some hey, tri- I, oh, go ahead. 
was gonna say, can I point you guys to the uh, uh, the best uh, uh, IMDb photo of the week? Oh, if it's the one with the oranges on his eyes, I agree. It's exactly the one with the oranges, Kim Chan. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I picked him out as well. He's the guy. He's he plays the restaurant uh, Chinese restaurant floater right, guy. Right, the restaurant. Uh, which I which. Boy, that, that's what I want Grubhub and uh, DoorDash to evolve into. Right. Just pull the restaurant right up to my <laughs> my back door, serve that's me. That's the only thing that doesn't off. suck about the future. Yep, right. Is that, that guy, future. which is very Mobius, by the way. Mobius has got a billion images. He was obsessed with this idea of like traditional-looking boat-style ships just floating in a city. And he draws that stuff all the time. And so when you this see is, that, it's just like, oh, my God, freaking Moby. This is a film that gave us so many contenders for IMDb Photo of the Week. I want you to go to the full cast list on IMDb and scroll down to someone named Sonny Caldinez. Sonny Caldinez. Mm. Sonny's IMDb photo was clearly chosen by a machine, not by Sonny or his representation. Sonny is, <laughs> Sonny's quite an old guy, so the photo is from like an early 70s film. But the photo makes no sense. And when you look at it, you're going to go, oh, that's what he's doing. How far down is he? Because I am like still. Oh, there it is. Okay. Sonny Kelton is. You look at it and go, oh, oh that's okay. <laughs> I'm it's seeing freaking half, great. half of a woman in a uh, bikini leading up against yeah. 70s sci-fi equipment in front of. Uh, <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. And but his other photo has a little bit more of him in it. Yeah. Oh, actually has him in with his arms folded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Both of them have it. It's oh, just hysterical. It's the man with the golden gun. How how yeah. funny. I didn't recognize oh. uh didn't recognize her. He's one of Scarmonga's henchmen. Oh. Exactly. Oh. It's yeah. just it's just one of those things where like every week there are people <laughs> in IMDb who basically don't know they're in IMDb, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I I think that's true. Well, Kim Chan who died in 2008 at age of 90 so that means he was like 80 in this movie or a little younger 78 or something uh he when you look at the uh oh i'm sorry he, i'm just gonna say he doesn't know nobody he doesn't he, i don't he probably never even right. knew what imdb was and someone's right. like you know what i'm putting up the picture with the oranges on his face stop me if you want to but i'm doing it <laughs> using this one yeah the estate has chosen this to be his representative photo going forward. Right. Uh, no, this this photo of Sonny Caldenez, by the way, the actual one, when you see the enlarged version that they use for his IMDb photo, he's clearly looking at Britt Eklund's boobs. Just oh. like, oh. like you draw right. a line directly from his eyes right to her boobs. Well, that's what you want, right? That's what you want. <laughs> that is what you want. Hey, I bet you guys didn't know that Vin Diesel was in this movie. Did you know that? I did from the trivia, but Scott, tell I us where Vin that. Diesel is. He's the voice of Finger. But got no uh, screen oh. credit, so really? uh, yeah, yeah. But but know you know, so he didn't. It wasn't on the screen, so no, he gets no screen credit. Yeah, there was no screen credit, but he was the voice of Finger. Uh, and also at the time, <laughs> this was the very most expensive movie ever produced outside of Hollywood. I don't know if that's still true. Probably not. But uh, most probably expensive not. production in Gaumont's history, which is the uh, uh, what do you call it? The uh, the people that put the movie out. What do they call it? Studio. And uh, at 80 million U.S. dollars, visual effects budget for the movie was the highest of its time. So lots of records being broken. Even talking this thing about um, how they burned this, the, uh, the, ex the explosion in the Flotsam Main Hall was the largest indoor explosion ever filmed. And as a result, the fire went beyond or it went kind of out of control. And that took 25 minutes and a whole bunch of fire people to put the thing out. So it was pretty gnarly. That's a great fight in there, by the way. Did, Wasn't yeah. it? did you know... Did, when you look at the ba the usual list of most expensive films, yeah. that, uh, the third 
Pirates of the Caribbean film is still no, I'm sorry, the mm-hmm. fourth, the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean film is still the most expensive. Like really? What? Wow. What? I know Hawaii is expensive, but how is that just hanging on at the top of the list? I don't get it. I don't either. I haven't even seen the fourth one. I assume it's, it's called poop. On Stranger Tides. Yeah. Which is the one with like uh, one. is that is that the one with Chun Yao Fat in it or no? That's a different one. Oh, oh, oh. On Stranger Tides has uh, Al Swearingen in it, I think. Yeah, Ian McShane. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in everything now. Coming to a Deadwood movie on HBO near you. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Is it this weekend? I think it's this weekend. Wait, not not the one we're in now, not this weekend. The next weekend? Yes. The weekend that we are in right now. Holy shit. uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'm so excited. I can barely stand it now. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for watching. It's been a And, oh, I'm so but excited. wait, there's more, guys. We're only two weeks from a new season of Black Mirror. Whoa! Oh, you know, what? I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Next next weekend. Sorry, May 31st. I thought oh, it was May 21st. I'm I'm busy sorry. watching Godzilla all weekend. Uh, Can't help you. I was all sorry. I was all sorry, stimulated. Scott. I was stimulated. I know, I'm sorry. That's all right. Well, I was all, did you say you was all stimulated? I was all stimulated. Yeah, I was stimulated. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. That, that like ranks that up there bit. with moisture. Or moisture. <laughs> you could have. You could have called me a name that uh, Ian McShane would have uh, approved of. Oh, perfect. <laughs> for making that mistake. Hey, if you weren't already impressed with Mila Jovovich, check this out. The Divine Language, which was the language spoken by Lilu, was invented by co-writer and director Luca Besson and uh, further refined by Mila herself. And here's the deal. She had little trouble learning and developing it as she already is fluent in four languages. Look at this wow. chick. Man. Uh, she's overachiever. Like, amazing. Okay, we get it, yeah. Mila. Yeah. You're impressive. All right, now we get it. Now kick butt and wear a tiny, a bunch of band aids. Wear a gownless evening strap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it says they would have conversations where, um, by the end of the filming, they could have full conversations in the language, and and that was fine. They could understand what each other was saying. So that's kind of cool. Again, world building without us knowing really, you know, how deep it goes. Uh, that's all the trivia I have, I think. Yeah. It's a good yeah. movie, you guys. It's a good movie. Go see this movie. Uh, you if you never have. <laughs> oh, uh, another thing that marks it. I don't know how pop or if we can find other examples of this. Let's see if we can do this real quick. But this is okay. a movie where the villain and the protagonist oh. never meet. Never share uh, screen time together. Uh, they miss each other by an elevator, basically. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's that one scene where they walk through that, that elevator door hall and then out comes Go- Oldman. <clears throat> right after but that's it <clears throat> so just a I mean, near I guess miss it depends on if you say uh Lilu is the hero or corbin is the hero but yeah uh well and also <laughs> also when you first started saying that i thought the hero is corbin dallas and the protagonist is the evil planet mm. and it took me oh. a minute to realize no 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 serious black is the antagonist and that's weird i didn't yeah. really think of it that way like i yeah. He's he doesn't seem like a very effective bad guy, you know. Yeah, he's kind of. I mean, it turns out he is a bit of a. Um, you know, he's just a, a pushover for the planet thing. Right. But the planet right. thing never meets Bruce Willis either. So <laughs> right, that's true. But it, it exactly. doesn't meet anybody. No. Right. But he, that idea kind of like, is is weird. Kind of like, like a, I couldn't think of another movie like that that where the well, yeah hero never meets the villain. He's kind of villain. like Loki because he is uh, he's the chaos master, right? He likes to he's the master of chaos, and that's what he likes to bring. Who? Even has yeah. Zorg, you mean? 
Yeah, Zorg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's yeah. a good comparison. He, uh, by the way, uh, Gary Ullman said that he played it like a cross between Ross Perot and uh, Bugs Bunny. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he, he definitely got the Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I was going to say he definitely got the Ross Perot. Look at all these little uh, little creatures. Just such a <laughs> such a wonderful little uh, symphony ensues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not right. Plus, his, he's got a problem with his number pad. So when you're choking on a, a cherry... <laughs> And and all you can do is oh, yeah. open all your shit and shoot cards and in the air and and what's with the uh, little Fred Flintstone uh, little yeah. uh, <laughs> elephant looking thing that <laughs> I love that the cherry like extractor the, I suppose he is the, uh, I guess so it's the uh, Flintstones garbage disposal there tucked in his desk yeah, yeah. it's a useless. movie it's a movie that really doesn't think th- the future through mm-hmm. like the future is the future is crazy magic in some little things like guns guns are crazy magic in the future that you can fire in one direction and they hit a target standing (laughs) behind you but then the movie is like what would cars be like in the future eh the same Mm. same. (laughs) just exactly the same yeah and (laughs) hey you went to a totally different planet uh who's gonna be there to welcome you with lays it's like Mm. why would we have that culture uh on a different planet why wouldn't it be a totally new culture for you know traveling and getting away because stuff's messed up man because stuff's messed up it's like the culture gets all mixed and broken and nobody knows the source of any of it so now it's just like oh right. you're on a cruise yeah. i guess it's a bunch of people with lays and who can lock a waka waka or whatever they're singing and, <laughs> you know like it's just a, right. that's i kind of like it i kind of like i like oh, the dystopic sort of everything's broken mcdonald's is right. too big for its own good you know stuff like yeah. that yeah what happened what happens to mcdonald's in the future why do they become the hooters of yeah, the they, future the drive-thru they, hooters. Well, they, that's how they win the fast food wars yeah right yeah they got to because taco bell's gaining too much ground in the movies there so these these mcdonald's <laughs> is like yo 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 look at us we got a giant we still got our arches we got booby ladies and we got something called <laughs> what were they called the golden they had a name for that combo meal yeah. uh oh, golden, yeah. here's your oh, golden well, arch or your archie goldens yeah. or whatever the hell. <laughs> i don't know what it was yeah. <laughs> archie golden anyway so what i was going to say was what was i going to say about that ah shit i for totally spaced it i had a really good thing to say ah shoot it was based on dunaway something dunaway said and i forgot it all Uh-oh. right all right it's okay forget about it I'll, I just picture Bilbo sweating into a rock. That's all I can picture. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do some clippies. Clip, clipsh, if you guys are clip, so inclined. Clip. I do have some clipsh. Let's start with this one. This is um, <laughs> this kid. Here you go. Aziz, light. Oh, geez. Why is that playing again? Yeah. Why is, uh, <laughs> why is Aziz uh, getting so much heat? Like, Aziz, light. Yeah. He was so tired. Aziz, light. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's the first time in the movie we get the name of the movie. We get it a couple of times, but here you go. A fifth element. He had really pregnant pause that. Very, yeah, very early on, uh, the priest-like is going to crap his pants right there. Yeah, we didn't talk about that much. So it's, it's the scene with Luke Perry in it. He gets credited well, late, in the opening late, credits. Great Luke Perry. Yeah. yeah, the late, great Luke Perry. He's actually good in this, like. Yeah, it's, it's I, I for some reason no, I had in my head it was very just sort of Luke oh, Perry just the sitting actor. there brooding, but he's good. Yeah, right. Oh, you mean the actor was good? I thought you meant the character who trips over backwards and shoots a gun and then the, <laughs> oh, right then the, actually causes then the doors. <laughs> then the doors shut. Yeah, what's going yeah. on right now? Yeah. Also, uh, that's the other thing I would teach those aliens. See how slow you were getting out of that room. That door wasn't shutting that fast. Well, you could have gotten out if you weren't. I needed, 
I needed some explanation anyway. First of all, why did tripping backwards shoot something that closed it? That made no sense. And then secondarily, where was that alien? How long do they live? It's 300 years later. He was trapped in there. Mm-hmm. They, well, just, they ET'd his butt. They're like, we're out. Yeah, but why, did he, why did he need to give you the key to the door that his hand is now holding open? Right. There's right. some confusion there. Wait, what do they use it for later, though? Because Cornelius, Cornelius has the key. Yep, and he, he wears it, it on a necklace. He gave it to his assistant, who could not uh, even get on the spaceship. But he's could, like, "Go, go prepare." He said, "Go prepare the area." And the, like, you mean the D, you're talking about Devo hat, Devo hat kid? Yeah, Devo hat. Yeah, yeah. Devo hat. That's <laughs> he was whip it, whipping it whip good. It real I decided. Good. <laughs> I decided. I, I was trying to figure out who that was. Yeah, the assistant guy. He looks like the and, he looks like the kid from uh, Fantastic Beast because they both had the same haircut. Mm. Kind of, yeah. He looks like a young uh, Mr. Bean, like a very young Mr. Bean. Like he could play a, <laughs> right. a young Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, the way anyway, he... his his name is Charlie Creed Miles, and he's not really uh, done anything very memorable since this, like, like that I can see. That's a bummer. I but, thought he was uh, fine in this. He played a nice little foil, a little. I mean, he didn't wasn't needed much, but you know, I was just hoping he would be something like really memorable later. You know, you're mm-hmm. like. Yeah. He's active. Sure, sure. Yeah. He's in other stuff. Yeah. But you could say that about, uh, who was I looking at the other day? I was looking at somebody who used to be all that, and now all, every movie is like direct-to-video garbage poop. Can't remember who that was. Well, Bruce Willis. <laughs> well, maybe. Lately, geez. Yeah. I know. You look at his uh, his IMDb list, and uh, man, he's uh, he's just not putting out the... He, he basically looks like he just takes anything. Yeah, I lo- well, I loved I loved the trivia on this uh, and Bruce Willis in this movie because he apparently was on board fairly early on and then kind of stepped out because uh, he had two two movies that did not do well and he, he couldn't take a risk at the time, and so uh, that the movie actually went on hold for a little while and then when they decided to do it again, just by chance, Bruce was talking uh, to the director and and he said, "Well, we've had to cut the budget." We can't pay you as much, or we can't pay you what you need. And he goes, he goes like, oh, well, you know, let's just see what we can do. So apparently, he came on board for a fairly uh, small amount. I like the idea that Bruce Willis, of all people, is like, oh, the deal. I got a car payment to make. I can't. I have to yeah, go get another job. Right. Like this, he's fine. He was always. Yeah, fine. he's not hurting. Yeah. No. Mel, Mel Gibson was was on this for a while. That's a, you know, that's not one of those weird IMDb things. He was actually. You know, in talks to do. I could see him doing point. it. He would have been Can all right. Can you imagine if the usual <laughs> oh suspect, God. like if, if Sylvester Stallone had been cast in this role? Well, I mean, that's if so you. But, but basically, that's what um not Millennium Man. What's what's it called? Uh, Demolition, Demolition Man. Demolition Man. That's basically what yeah. that is. It's another one of these. Not as good, but you know, right. here's the future, and it's weird, and blah blah blah. Like I could see all these guys could have done it, and I and this would have been pre. This was. You know, Mel Gibson pre I hate Jews and I'm going to tell you about it kind of Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. So he probably could have gotten away with it. I could totally see him in this role. Would have been fine. Um, but I don't know about I, Sylvester Stallone. No. Although, I don't know. Like, Judge Dredd is a lot it. like this. Like, I don't know. I'd like to see him as Zorg. Yeah. So now, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gary Oldman for a while there was the bad guy in all movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was in that. He was in uh, the professional. He was a bad guy in that. And he was great. Right. In that. He was. Yeah. Was, there was the one with uh, Christian Slater, the uh, Tarantino written one that. Uh, 
Oh, um, um, it, who's a great bad guy in that one too? What's uh, that called? Um, oh, it's not the radio one. No, shoot, Patricia Arquette, Christian Slater. Huh. It's a people uh, love this movie. It's like a cult classic. y kind of. It is. It's thing. almost. It's like Pulp Fiction light. Yeah. Bro- um, broken back monkey. No, broken I'm room. It up right now. I. So Gary Oldman also in this. He he says in interviews uh, that. True romance. Ah, True romance. That's it. You know, something romance. Um, uh, Yeah, Gary Oldman said that he did this as basically uh, as payback for another film uh, that he was working on that that got him that got him that film. So he basically did this role. He hated the role. Really? Uh, Yeah. According to interviews. I don't know. He always seems he seems pretty down to clown to me. I mean, now he's you know he's a big deal now with his Oscar and his whatnot, but. His Oscar sitting around with his Oscar. Have you seen me? Yeah. I'm Gary Oldman. I yeah, I'm Gary Oldman. I, I played the freaking British Prime Minister uh, Fatty McGee or whatever his name was. <laughs> what was his yeah. name? I can't think of his name. Winston, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it was, just wasn't coming. It was not going to come out of my brain. All right. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was. Hey, do you know that uh, both? Uh, I just thought about this. Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis both in Friends. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Oh yeah, right. That's a good point. He was this Gary Oldman was the spitting actor. Yeah, he was right, spit, right. spit yeah. and he was drunk a lot or something. Is my memory? Yes, yeah. yeah. And then is Bruce. That's still a thing, by the way. Well, no, friends, friends, friends ended several years ago. <laughs> All right, good to know. It ended in two thousand four. Acting. <laughs> oh, do you mean like people coming like stunt casting like that? And like, then... like nowadays, do the biggest like five TV shows on TV get to have? the biggest superstars of film for an episode or is right. did that only happen then well big bang theory had a bunch of crossover but it was always nerd shit um, right trying to think who uh what other show i mean would be well like you that? had your bob newhart and i mean yeah you had you know stephen hawking and elon musk and and folks like that but you'd had some uh, some people like uh i to remember what star trek folks were on big bang there were a few you had wesley on there yeah um oh right 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 yeah uh, uh will wheaton but i but i'm trying to think of another show that's a little more mainstream like um yeah and i'm really talking about these superstars like the people who are a list superstars of film yeah sort of going to hang out with these famous friends you know now that they're in their fifth season and making a million dollars an episode which you know, happened a lot like brad pitt was on there well that's how he met jennifer aniston but yeah you had brad pitt on there you had all these other names we've mentioned like the friends was always churning that stuff through yeah right um you had a little crossover with clooney and uh noah wiley uh for an episode oh they right. right they're playing almost almost playing their oh, er characters but not yeah. quite yeah not quite, basically yeah. here's the deal I'm I'm still a kid. I'm going to always be a 12-year-old the rest of my life who was so freaking entertained that the animated Harlem Globetrotters showed up on the animated <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And I don't know why that works on me, but it does. You can entertain me with stunts. Yeah, I am I, I don't think I'm that different. In fact, it's funny you bring up the Harlem Glo- Globetrotters. I like <laughs> I like the Gilligan's Island episode where they show up. Like they yeah. literally, they literally play basketball with those guys in the dirt, right? On an, on an episode of <laughs> Gilligan's Island, which is super. That's the one where they. Uh, that's the one where they almost get off the island. Yeah, probably. Actually, well, I think that's the one where they actually do get off the island. That was one of the made-for-TV movies, and um, oh, I think they do 
get off the island because of the Harlem Globetrotters. They, they do absolutely, and then they and then they actually uh, then then they, they get go back, back on the island. Or yeah, something. they go back yeah. because they're it, they they realize that they're fish out of water. But now. listen how stupid Jack, uh, just listen how stupid that statement is. How dumb it yeah. sounds. They right. they finally get off the island because the Harlem Globetrotters help them get off. <laughs> well, and even better that you know they they end up back on the you know they end up back on the island too. Yeah, that's so dumb. Oh my gosh! All right, yeah. I was playing sounds and I totally forgot. Here's a cool. How come we have not seen oh. a Gilligan's Island movie? Because uh, it would you, you know they should do they oh. should do it all dirty like the uh, like the Twenty One Jump Street and the uh, because Michael Sarah hasn't signed on yet. <laughs> I, would, I would totally. Well, I you can do you can do that other kid. Without a doubt. What a, what about the kid? Uh, not kid. Justin Long. No. Oh, oh my he would also be a little too old. Yeah, he's uh, almost a little too old now to do it. Justin Long's a really good call, though. Um, but the one I'm thinking of is uh, your your Facebook guy, um, uh, Zombie Land. Oh, um, uh, Eisenberg. Eisen Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg yeah. could do it probably. <laughs> he'd be like a maniacal Gilligan. Like he'd be, which is fine. Is it? Yeah. Is it fine? I, I would like a. I'd like a resistant Gilligan. Like he doesn't want to be the Gilligan. Like God, Gilligan. I, really, I want to cast this whole it. movie now. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is never going to happen. There's no way they make this. Cranston would have to Zachary, be. Uh, Zachary Levi. would have to be your Howl. Yeah. Zachary Levi is too big. He's, want, he's a big buff guy. He is now. Back when he yeah. was Chuck, he wasn't a buff no, thing. It's too late. It's too late to get a a, a Gilligan sized <laughs> Zachary <laughs> Levi. <laughs> How about his uh how about his co-star in Chuck? Uh Josh Gomez, the oh, the guy who the played Morgan guy? in Chuck? I don't think He's anyone like, remembers him. I don't think Pretty he... much every brunette dude who is like relatively thin and funny could play Gilligan. Gilligan is not hard. Yeah. It's all the other characters that are hard. Yeah. I'm trying to think who you put in there for uh I don't know. Uh, I, I think Seth MacFarlane should put this together. The skipper should be, be the skipper should be oh, Will Sasso. There's your there's your skipper. Uh, that's pretty good. Mm. That's pretty good. Um, your uh, your two ladies, your your Marianne yeah. and Ginger. Ginger and Marianne. Yep. That should be. Well, one has got to be uh, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, Tessa. A little bit. Of, Gilligan's Island needs a little bit of diversity. They yeah. didn't see and she, uh, and a black person a, until the Harlem Globetrotters showed exactly. up. <laughs> Well, she did. No, about, you're right. She'd be perfect about, for Marianne, but you need that lady from Mad Men to be Ginger. What's her name? How about this is oh, a Jordan Peele movie? Christina, uh, Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Jordan Peele movie where everyone's recast a, as black. Okay. Every and they're all trapped on a freaking island. Oh Think about gosh. it. It's perfect for Jordan Peele. Go full <laughs> horror movie yet with this. Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Hollywood. We could just do it as a thirty as a sixty minute uh, Twilight Zone episode. We'd be happy. <laughs> That's true. It'd be fine. Um, all right, here's more. Here's a cool robot voice. Priest, you and those before you have served us well. So cool, dude. That is really cool. Here's another one. In 300 years, when evil returns, so shall we. That's so badass. So it, this is like the third movie in the last couple of months that has featured uh, those ancient priests who are, you know, priesthood who are, who are enlisted to protect something, right? Mm -hmm. And it's usually with the desert, because we we saw this in uh, was it Stargate? Which, oh, the which, Mummy, which, the Mummy, the Mummy. It was the Mummy. And Did Stargate have it? Movie too. Stargate. Prior to that, um, not Stargate. Stargate? Um, no, yeah. not really. I don't think Stargate kind of had a. But I've seen this theme a lot. But this, I, yeah, this bit. idea of an ancient order whose job it is to to protect right. whatever the stone or thing is, object is. Yeah, totally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Be, uh, you're right. We've seen some other third thing, and I can't think what it is. It'll it'll come to us. Here's yeah. a laugh uh, that I like. <laughs> All right, there you go. Oh, that's the that's the hallway dude. That's the mugger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, the mugger. yeah. that's the mugger trying to figure out his gun. To me, he ranks up there with pa- uh, you ever seen paper guy from uh, yeah, Waterworld. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm amazed you didn't make a gif, uh, animated gif of that dude doing his little hallway dance. I know I should have. I, I looked some up. For our previous topic. I looked okay. him up. Yeah. So Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade has oh, the Brotherhood right. of the Cruciform Sword. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You've chosen wisely. Those guys. The... Gosh, dang yeah. it. So uh, the Mummy. We just saw the Mummy. Yeah, has we just the talked Magi. about that. Yep. Got the Magi. And uh, another example is Battle for Terra. Have we seen Battle for Terra? No. No, but we should. Should we? <laughs> I, I never even heard of that. I, Battle for Terra? I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's okay. So it's a CGI. I saw Battle for Tata. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, how'd that one turn out? Who won that? Tasty. Oh, okay. It was a tasty Battle for Tata. Wow. Battle in your colon. No kidding. Oh, I love Orchid for Tata, though. Uh, here's Ian Holm taking a dive, I think. What's this? Yeah, he takes a dive. First element. Oh, right. He just well, <laughs> figured out what it was. <laughs> And then fell backwards. He's why also great keep, in this. He's great in this. Yeah. Why do people keep falling in this movie? So I mean, much, a lot of oxygen, so yeah, much oxygen fainting. is low. Yeah, yeah, oxygen is low in the future. Yeah, we've we've depleted our oxygen supply greatly. So if you're at all, yeah. if you're having at all a moment, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. knock yourself right yeah. out. Or if you're in a right. fridge, you're gonna literally look dead and then show up later again. <laughs> uh, here's Lilu laughing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's my work laugh right there. That's that is. That's your it's work like laugh. It's like Elmer Fudd sitting on a blender. <laughs> <laughs> your work laugh. Got- I love this idea of Hey Dunaway, uh you hear the one about the monkey and the three ghosts and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, nice. Now leave me alone. Let me get my work done. All right, here's uh, uh Gary Oldman being funky. What's wrong with me? I try to save life. But you, honey seem to want to destroy it. Oh, Father. You're so wrong. Let me explain. A little ASMR with the lip smacking, you know? Yeah. Let me, let me show you my collection of Roombats. Roombats. Look at that. He predicted, Luke Besson predicted the Roomba, yeah. too. He yeah. did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He totally did. <laughs> Only by a couple of years. Roomba's yeah, been around. around. Oh, yeah, I know what I was going to tell you guys. I almost, oh my gosh, I just it just hit me the thing I forgot earlier. Good, yeah. Thank um, goodness. Adam Savage made a perfect one to one replica of that gun. You've got to go watch oh, that really? build on YouTube. It is fan freaking tastic. Like it is. I've never seen a more accurate attention to detail than that gun. Whatever that thing's called, it had a name. But that weird, Zorg five thousand or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool, and it's got every detail. Including like how it can fold out and do all kinds of weird stuff. It doesn't actually shoot any bullets as far as I know, but that's cool. Really so rad. No replay yeah. then? Too bad. Uh here here's this line. I am a meat popsicle. That made me laugh. <laughs> that, that, it's, it's so uncomfortable. It's like, did he improv that? Mm-hmm. Would he... It sounded like it. <laughs> Apparently he did improv the line, uh, lady, I only speak two languages, English and bad English. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty good. It sounds like Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. Bruce Willis. All right, here's a. Uh, I wrote, she is great in this. I don't remember what it was. Lilu Dallas Multipass. 
Leela and multi-pass. She knows it's multi-pass. Leela Dallas, my wife. We're newlyweds. Just met. You know how it is. Bump into each other. Sparks happen. Yeah, she knows it's a multi-pass. <laughs> Channeling a little Andrew Dice Clay there. She knows it's a multi-pass. Hey. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, let's see. You want what? I don't know what this is. You want some more? Oh, <laughs> the, robot. Oh, the, the robot who the serves bartender, the bartender. Yeah, yeah, the bartender yeah. robot. You want some more? You, you want some more? You like that bar? Would you like some more? You want some more? All right. <laughs> he barely gave him any out of his little squirter. Yeah, and it wasn't even. It wasn't alcohol. It was just more <laughs> spritz water, right? What was it? I don't know what that was, but it was kind of yellowy. And this is what I love oh. about it. The future's full of weird shit, and they don't explain it. It's great. Yeah. All right. Which is how you would feel if you were suddenly to show up at the future, be like, "What is this crap?" Now, do you think that Ruby Rod or this film had to pay any royalties for the following thing I'm about to play? So here it is. Oh, survival, Richie. <laughs> think they had to pay for that, or I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just enough to where you say, "I think yeah. that he's doing that's, Lionel that's Richie sampling. right there." Yeah, that's yeah. sampling. Okay, little sampling. All right. <laughs> By the way, he's wearing a cubert on his head in that scene. Oh yeah, so <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, here's Ruby Rod again. That's when he starts to get excited about. <laughs> I just love that the computer producer that's working with him for his live radio show changes his background sounds so perfectly. Mm -hmm. yeah. I assume it's a super AI or something. Yeah. And not a dude. Uh, here's a thing. Am I disturbing you? Oh, yeah. The planet. That's yes, you're, you're disturbing. Doctor you're definitely <laughs> disturbing me. Wow. <laughs> Yes. Um, I used he's to, so polite, though. Yeah, he's very polite. Um, I wrote, used to love this in The Fifth Element. I don't know what I meant. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, it's her weird, like, it's, it's uh, she was singing like normal, but then it started to get T-Pained a little bit or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah a little auto-tune. Uh, I thought that was so stuff, cool. <laughs> I mean, it almost doesn't there's even sound a, like uh, a person. It's so cool. There's a dude, uh, there's a YouTube video I should send you guys. Um, let me find the name so people at home can find it. Uh, his name is Dimash Kudaibergen. And Kudaibergen. He, does, he does a live version of most of the divas uh, song. Wow. Really? Well, and, the, with, and there's with, like the last 20 years of the internet have been people trying to recreate this song. Like it's, there's yeah. a million of them. I go for, I dig through YouTube for the worst attempts, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest failures of doing that song. Because <laughs> that was exactly, yeah, yeah we had them at the beginning of this episode. Didn't we? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear those now. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. Here's Ruby rod freaking out. I don't feel right. I don't feel right. Kobe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think he's. Oh, this is where he screams. Ah! I like that one. Oh, his bigger scream later on when he's. Ah! You know, yeah, I'm, I didn't record the later the one. The, the other Ooh. one had so much gunshot, I didn't decide not to get it. But yeah, he's just screaming his head off in there. And then I think also, this is, yeah. also, uh, Corbin sets the grenade for ten seconds, mm. and yeah. at, at the end of about twenty seconds, <laughs> this when right. that scream is happening. Yeah, because yeah, because uh, Ruby Rod says nine for like about you know. 10 seconds on its own. <laughs> the timers, the timer on that thing was dubious. Yes. To yeah. be sure. All right. Here's the final thing. It's, 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 it's. All right. Uh, I love Ian Holm. <laughs> Wait, that was Ruby Rod. No, it was no, Ian that was, Holm. That was, that was Ian Holm. Holm. Yeah. Yeah. It was talking because he saw the timer on the bomb and said that. It's, right. it's, 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 it's. 
Yeah, it's the worst and then priest. Ruby Rod does the. No, it can't be a bomb because if it was a bomb, the bomb detectors and the don't go off. Can you hear the bomb detectors going off in this house? <laughs> That's all I can ever think of, too. Can you hear the words coming out of my mouth? Was that yeah. that was one of the Jackie Chan ones, right? Or wasn't this? Yes, okay. Rush Hour. That was Rush Hour. For some reason, I've got these guys so conflated. I always think of Rush Hour, but then I think of the oh, Shanghai Noon. Ones? I think of the Shanghai yeah. Noon, and I keep yeah. thinking that. That movie is Owen Wilson and Ruby Rod hanging out doing stuff. Not Ruby Rod, but the um, Jackie Chan. Yeah, uh, no, um, the Jackie Chan's Chris not Tucker. in there at all. In my Chris, head, it's just Chris Tucker and Owen Wilson. Yes, what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> which is obviously totally wrong. But I keep thinking that, and I don't know why. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's that. Oh, one final clip. Damn it! Oh, that's Will Smith from a few weeks ago. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, that means we we have uh, we're moving right into this here, right? Here. The film sack checklist goes a little like this: Ruby Rod gets better over time. Check. Turns out, I think it's all right. Uh, Tiny Lister has crazy eyes. Check. And finally, Chick and other dude in the ice bucket. Check. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's he's even Blow more of a loss. Auto wash. That guy, all he did, all he did was just go, oh, don't push me in here, and that was his entire contribution. Right, <laughs> right yeah, it was crazy. Auto wash. Uh, let's see, Tra- Star Trek connection. We got a few of them. Tommy Tiny Lister played President Lindbergh in this on Enterprise. He played Clang in the episode Broken Bow. Uh, Sunita Henry played the President's aide in the 2009 movie, uh, Star Trek movie. Played an alien Starfleet doctor who accompanies Winona Kirk aboard the USS Kelvin. Uh, see, her character helps deliver the infant James T. Kirk. And then finally, John Neville. He was the uh, General Sick. Uh, what? General Stadert? Stadert. I don't General, know how you say his name. General Skeeter. S T A E D E R T. Stadert, I guess, or Stadert. In TNG, he played Isaac Newton in the sixth episode, Descent, in 1993. So it's worth uh, stating for historical purposes. This, we just saw the, we just saw the teaser for Picard. Oh, it looks right great. now we're, we're right now we're very excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, yes. we're, we're going through the seven stages of That's right. Right? This, <laughs> this is like, our happy stage. Yeah. By the way, today, the day we record this, is the forty uh, second anniversary of the release of oh, Star Wars. Man. Star Wars. Oh, wow. Forty two years ago today. May twenty fifth. Wow. I see your Star Trek trivia and give you a Star Wars. (laughs) I'll give you a Star Wars one. Yes. No, that's great. And also, how old are we? Good Lord. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it. I like the movie, (laughs) but don't like how much time has passed. All right. Uh, Quick email. Or no, no, sorry. Where are we here? I got to do the Twitter post. Twitter post. This is where, oh, soundtrack grade. I'm all off here. Soundtrack grade. I give it a WM for weird mix, but I don't mean that in a negative way. It was all great. It's all good. Totally works. A JW uh, just works. Yep. It's uh, just it's just good. Like there are so many tracks that I have listened to many many times while working or doing chores or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this is just a great score. I don't know how Eric Serra did it. I love that Luke Besson works with Eric Serra on other things, but this is the best of their collab. Mm. I was looking for Fifth Element soundtrack on Spotify or Apple Music, and I don't see it. Look look for it under the uh, Le Cinquième Element. How do you spell that? Uh, let's see. French. I'll put it. 
Yeah, <laughs> with lots of accent marks. Like the less accent marks. I just put it in our Discord. It's uh, C-I-N-Q-U-I-E-M-E, and then element is still spelled element. Okay. But oh, with a lot of accent. I was just I was just looking at my my uh, score collection. I actually have it in multiple folders. I I took the score and copied it and then removed certain things. Like so here's one that's most mostly chill, and then there's this other version of the fifth element score that loses other tracks and keeps the excited tracks. <laughs> oh weird. There it is. Why is this not the why is there no English named version of this? That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it is weird. I mean, it's fine that it's French, but this it was the fifth element, and then it had a French title. Why don't we have the... Fine. That's funky. Right. It's very weird. All right, anyway. Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Let's start with Randy Jordan. The fifth element. Luc Besson's masterpiece of silliness includes guys dancing a jig right outside your door, unexplained fluids on your forehead, and women who pull a gun on you when you try to kiss them. Just, Just like, like Saturday it. Night at Ibitown. I, I, uh, I saw that one coming. As soon as you said un, yeah, un, 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 unidentified liquids on your head, I knew we were going exactly. there. Yeah. By the way, we didn't even talk about that little Me Too moment of, uh, oh, uh, this this woman you just met in your cab is passed out on a couch. I'm going to just yeah. go in and try and kiss her while she's passed out. Yeah, that, that that bummed me out a little. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Why, why yeah, you, don't I'm, do that. Don't do but, that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like I, that she got I, put I the felt, gun to his I head and almost killed conflicted. him. Yeah. I felt conflicted because, yes, absolutely, uh, this is harassment, uh, as, they, as those commercials state. Uh, mm -hmm. But I also was like, yeah, but you know, when somebody asks you to wake somebody up, you got a couple of choices: throw some water on them, or go for the cinematic <laughs> classic, kisser. Mm -hmm. You've got a couple of choices. That uh, might right. not be the right way. Yeah, <laughs> right. Maybe I, not that. I one. liked, I liked how it was portrayed. She's strong, and he's apologetic. Oh, I yes, shouldn't have done yes, that. Shouldn't have exactly. done that. That was, yeah. that was all right. Yeah, the way it resolved was great. And finding yeah. out what she what the what she said in her language after was great. Right. Never that, without my permission. Yeah, never yeah. without my permission yeah. is pretty great. And that gun, you know, her gunplay was pretty solid there and stuff. But just a side note, those commercials that you were talking about, Dunaway, that they've yeah. been running yeah. lately. This is they yeah. make me so uncomfortable. And I know that's yeah. the point. That's the point, right? You're they're supposed right. to be uncomfortable, but yep. gosh dang it, it's hard to watch those. Oh. They are. And they make you feel like such a voyeur because they always do it from a voyeur perspective. Yeah, it's over like behind the garbage can in the office or something. Yeah, yeah. Like some. Yeah, I'll tell you what's harassment. Me, me peeping at you people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like doing some intimate things. Like a freaking you know Eddie from IT is hiding in the bin over there. <laughs> I don't like him. Ugh. Right. I know that's the point. Is I'm not supposed to like him, but man. Woo. Right. All right. Uh, sorry, Brian Dunaway. Your turn. Oh, the fifth element. Listen, lady, only watch two types of movies. This movie and bad movies. Hashtag movie pass. <laughs> movie pass. Oh, they missed them. There could have been a good advertising opportunity there that they missed. Yeah. That's why they failed right there. Uh, finally, Brian Ibbett. The fifth element. Corbin's mom's a little irritating, and Ruby Rod is kind of over the top, but the rest of the movie is so good, I'm willing to give each of those a pass. Multiple passes. She yeah. knows it's multiple passes. <laughs> multi-pass. It's a multiple passes. <laughs> bada-boom, bada-bing. Bada-bing, bada-boom, bada-bing. All right, well done, everybody. That leads us uh, directly down a path of which there is no return. Um, just here we go. Couldn't find it. Uh, alternate titles just handed to me. Porn tube. Because, you know, they were doing it in that tube. So, oh, yeah, porn were. tube. 
Uh, and the other title was almost almost called Overplayed Shitty Angry G- uh, Mom Call Joke, but it was too long. <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis was like forty one at this point. I I would expect that to be something that you know a a twenty year old would experience. You know, or not, at, not at the least have it sound like an actual older mother, not some. It's, 20 year old it's the wallowitz the howard wallowitz if we're talking about big bang theory it's the howard at least she sounds old you know yeah right this one sounds like yeah apparently oh and i had her name in front of me oh well darn it she's uncredited but uh there was a little research uh dug it up and this is the only thing she's ever really done yeah they hired her for just this that must be fun to show the kids and you know friends and whatever (laughs) so i guess i don't i don't want to take that away from him i suppose uh, right. All right, quick email here from a listener named Dan who wrote into the show and says, uh, he's used this email address. It's super easy to use, everybody. Filmsack at gmail.com. He says, hey, Sackers, I know your list of films is long, but you haven't talked about Stanley Kubrick aside from Full Metal Jacket. Oh. I, be- I beg you and to consider, what else do we see? Oh, oh, The Shining. The Shining, the Shining. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. I beg you to consider his morally complex A Clockwork Orange. It's on Netflix yes. right now, and sure, it may be a bit extreme versus other films you tend to watch, but I'd love to hear your film sack take on this controversial classic. Love the show. Happy 10-year anniversary, Dan. <laughs> Yet another movie that I thought we'd done already, but I guess we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> I would love to watch A Clockwork Orange. I would do I've it. seen it before I've several saw it, times. I but... saw it when I was very young. I don't have much memory of it except for the eyes being propped open. That's all I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is a, it is a slow... It is, a, it is the 1970s movie, man, and it is, and it's a Kubrick, so it is a slow 69, ride. 69, isn't it? Is, I think it's 69 is the year. 71 is when it was released. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I could have sworn that, it was. Ba- yeah, the film, film adaptation. Oh. 71. Hmm. Well, maybe, I'm th- maybe it's the book I was thinking of. The book might be right. 69. Oh, you're right. It is 71. Weird. I th- for the life of me, I thought that was 1969. Anyway, uh, I would do that. Yeah, if that's streaming, I think it's a great one. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, think, I think Randy actually mentioned it, didn't you, Randy? Probably like I, upcoming I, possibilities. It, it, it may be on our list. I I'm not right. looking at our list right now, but it may be there. Like it's, it, it's. I mean, sure. I I, I <laughs> will we'll, we'll watch anything. Mm. I mean, it you're seems right. Like, this sure. uh, two hour and sixteen minute film. We'll take a look at that. It is not in our film sad list, and Aww. it's not in our musty list. But I'm tacking it on the end of our current. Uh, uh, to-do list. I have interest. Right. I have okay. interest. We'll see it at some point. It's yeah. a tough watch now. I'm not going to lie to oh, you. Oh, no, of course movie. it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's well, at the time, very controversial stuff in 71. I guess it was a big it's not, deal. It's uh, not fun like the fifth element. Right. with sensitive issues. This is a dark future that they depict yeah. here. Also, Malcolm McDowell is so young in 71. Yeah, right. It's so young. really weird yeah. to see him in that way. Anyway, so that's the thing. Watch the, uh, maybe that'll come up. We'll see. Uh, thanks, Dan. If you have your own suggestions out there, listeners, or any other thoughts, questions, feelings you want to share, filmsack at gmail.com. Our next film will be Randy. The Man in the Iron Mask, yeah. who is not uh, Tony Stark. No. Yeah. <laughs> it will be, uh, that's a uh, uh, DiCaprio, Gilbert, DiCaprio deal. Gilbert Grapes. Yeah, yep. it's Gilbert Who Ate Gilbert's Grape is uh yep. right around that era um but also if memory serves and this is just me i'm not looking at anything here you guys tell me if i'm right jeremy irons in this yeah the man in the jeremy irons mask okay and then you got your um uh i think i've got this part wrong but is oliver platt in it no <laughs> okay. no that's the three, three musketeers okay that's yeah. the other dumbass, the other dumbass like movie <laughs> which feels like it right now this one has a malkovich 
and then Gerard Depardieu. Oh, he likes right. pavement plans. Right, right, yeah. he does. He really <laughs> like does. right down the aisle. Yep. <laughs> that guy's so jacked up. If, if you didn't get enough French this week, we got more French for you next week. Yeah, and Peter Sarsgaard. Oh, Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard and yeah. Hugh Laurie. Hugh, oh. Does he? Uh, I don't remember Hugh Laurie. What accent that. does oh, he's he don? Advisor. Yeah, right. He chases a little mouse. Did you say he's the pizza advisor? Yeah, he's the pizza advisor. We need pineapple. <laughs> what? No, sir. King's. He's the king's advisor. Oh, king's advisor. The way I think you got talked over. He wears a pizza visor. <laughs> pizza, pizza visor. visor. <laughs> I would. I would wear a pizza visor. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, next week on Film Sack. The Man in the Iron Mask. Join us then. In the meantime, go to filmsack.com. That's our website. And uh, leave us voicemails if you want. 801-471-0462. You can uh, like, email us again. Like I said already about five times. I'll say it one more time. Filmsack at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Filmsack. Leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us. For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Multipath. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.